Greetings and welcome to TW Now. On February 14th, a former student walked into Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. And within 17 minutes, I'm sorry, within minutes, 17 people lay dead and 17 more were wounded. It was one of the world's deadliest school massacres here just this past February. And over the following days, uh, young people marched on Washington. Politicians wrangled over what law to pass to fix the program. And our nation grieved with the families. Tomorrow, on the anniversary of the 1999 Columbine High School massacre in Colorado, around the country, students uh, of, of about, about 2,500 schools will walk out of school demanding that lawmakers take action. What have we really done about school shootings? And what can we do about it? Why are kids shooting kids? My name is Jonathan McNair. Glad to be with you on TW Now. I'd like to welcome our guests as we wrestle with this question and hopefully can provide some insight into the answers on our program today. First of all, welcome Mr. Weston, a regular telecast presenter. Uh, well, glad to have you with us here today. Thank you. Also, Mr. Wallace Smith, welcome as well. And uh, Mr. Smith is a regular presenter on our, our telecast, and so we're glad to have you both with us here today. It's good to be here. Well, I'd like to begin by, by simply asking the question, how does it strike you when you hear about something like this? Uh, Mr. Smith, you're a father of boys. Um, Mr. Weston, you work with young people for many, many years. Um, what, 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 what goes to your mind when you, when you hear about this? Oh, wow. Uh, <clears throat> try to be brief. One, certainly sympathy for the people involved. I can't even fathom, and you try, but I can't fathom to be a parent who's heard something like this is going on at my school uh, in terms of can I get there fast enough, what's going on, so desperate for information. So I know I get filled with a lot of that, thinking what if that were my children there. But I have to admit there's the other side too. I look at my children and I think here was a relative youth, someone who's 19. I have one who's 20, uh, one who's 18, and then 16 and 14. And I, then I think, what am I doing? You know, that what happened in that young man's life to bring him to that point since I'm trying to rear four of my own. So it's, it's, it's a lot of emotions. There's a lot. Mr. Wesson, what do you, what do you think? Well, you know, I think we all, uh, we grieve when we hear things like this. Um, how, how can anybody uh, do anything but grieve? Uh, they may not be our children, but they are children. And I think of the, the coach that uh, gave his life uh, from all the reports. Uh, here was someone, they weren't his children, but he stepped in front to try to save them. And I think that's the, the natural response that all of us as adults have. Uh, I don't have children, as, as Mr. Wallace uh, does, or Mr. McNair, but I, I worked at summer camp for uh, 25, 26 years, and I know that it weighs heavy on you, the responsibility of taking care of some of these children. And I know as a counselor over many years' time as a minister that there's nothing that hurts a, a person more than losing a child. It's, it's something that uh, I guess only a parent could really fully understand. With, with that in mind, <clears throat> I'd like to just step back for a second as we, again, before we get into some of the, um, the wrestling with causes and, and all of that, um, walk the clock back a little bit. Um, 
was where we are today. It just seems so unfamiliar to us as a culture. Um, Think about this. Uh, growing up as a, as a young boy, young man, you know, uh, is this something that you would have even thought of? I and mean, what was how, how do you, how would you compare your own lives in terms of the, the going to school and expectations versus right. what, we, what we we have today? Well, I can say uh, I enjoy being the young person here at the table today. <laughs> but I know at least growing up as a child of the '80s, uh, the '70s, and the '80s. It never even crossed my mind uh, that I might be going to school in a dangerous situation. I mean, you were there was concerns about bullying, right? Uh, you know, there, there's a chance to get picked on by another kid, but I, I never thought about the possibility of that something tragic might truly happen. Now, I know as I got older, uh, and then you had Columbine and circumstances, then I began teaching high school. And I noticed it was only at that point that I really did start to worry about those things. But it wasn't—it wasn't a concern for me. It didn't even—the possibility didn't even enter my enter my mind. And obviously, that's different because, again, to to remind our audience of the comparison today, we have thousands. Tomorrow, rather, we'll have thousands of kids who will walk right. out of school protesting the fact that they have to uh, be in fear right. of uh, somebody coming into the school and shooting everybody. Right. Something so, that wasn't on my mind is going to be on all of their minds. That, that massive people. So this, this is a made-up memory lane walk. This right. is the reality we're talking about. Mr. Weston, what, what would you say? Well, the way the world has changed over the years, uh, we used, used to always have knives with us at, at uh, school. I say knives, one knife, everybody. We played knife games like mumbly pig and stretch. And uh, that's something that probably Mr. Wallace has never mumbly heard pig? of. No, mumbly I've pig? No, I've never heard yes. of mumbly pig. Uh, we used to do we'll that, that as, as, as kids. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the world has, has dramatically changed. And you know, when you see these marches that are going on out here, this may not be politically correct to say, but uh, I, I know from being a young person, a lot of this stuff is stirred up uh, for political motivation. And we had a walkout because we were in the 60s, and uh, we had a walkout because other schools were having walkouts. And thankfully, our principal let us know right away that uh, if we didn't get back into class, that uh, we were, we were going to be expelled or <laughs> flunked for the day or something. Right. So it, 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 it also makes me a little bit upset that yeah. people are being exploited this way. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people in those marches that feel very sincerely about that. They believe sure. that's the cause and that's the solution to it. But also, there's a lot of manip manipulation that's going on here. Well, I, I think you're right in that if you're a school and, and your students aren't walking out and then all the schools around you are walking yes. out, the idea, because there are some that are passionately motivated by this, right. how can you not experience something like this and not think the world has to change, something has mm -hmm. to be different than what we're currently experiencing? But at the same time, uh, the idea that, well, all these schools are going out, should we go out as well, that every single one of these teenagers marching is passionately invested, that's not the case. There's certainly some sincerity, but there is a manufactured element yeah. to, this, to this as well. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> so with a recognition that there are some who, who really are, want things to change, but, and there are some who perhaps are part of the, uh, you know, a movement and all of that, but still recognizing that we are in a world where this is a fear. Okay, right, gr granted. I mean, I think any, we we can we can acknowledge this by uh, the fact that 
as parents, we would think yeah. twice about sending our kids to school uh, because of the concern of them being shot by somebody walking in. So the big question is, is then why? You know, what is the, the real reason that kids shoot kids at school? Uh, some of the proposals are, well, there's simply too many guns. Uh, we don't have the right laws. What what is the right, what is the real cause, and and what are we missing as a culture? Hmm. Well, I, I think that we don't want to get into the uh, gun, no gun debate because right. I, I think that we probably fit someplace in the middle there. Uh, the Constitution of the United States is not the law of God, and uh, the Second Amendment has its place, uh, historical place. but. To say that guns are the cause of the problem, how do we explain what's happening in London right now? London, England has a higher murder rate than New York City. Right. Not with guns, but with knives. And so we take away all the knives. Now that's a proposal they're going to do there. What about those people that kill people with automobiles? That's happening in Europe. It's happening here in the United States. Uh, there's, a, there's a deeper cause than the, the actual uh, instrument itself. Even you think about drunk drivers, you think about laws for alcoholism, but we're going to ban all alcohol. Obviously, that's not going anywhere. So, so again, so what is, what is the real cause, or is it only just one thing? Well, it's, I think it's interesting if you look at the world, because there's a lot of funky statistics out there. People trying to say, oh, there's more school shootings than there have ever been. No, it was higher in the 90s. You know, the statistics get difficult to measure. One of them is gun ownership. They'll point to how there's, there's such a higher amount of gun ownership in the United States compared to any other place in the world. But it's interesting because some countries actually... The, gun, the families have the guns. I think it's Switzerland or something. It's made yes. required. Yes. But it doesn't count as gun ownership because the government technically owns mm, the okay. gun. And so there's actually widespread availability. And what I, what I don't see enough people talking about is in some of these places where guns are readily available, why aren't they experiencing the same things? Or just go back in time to back in the dinosaur age when you guys, you know, were, were younger. Well, did he? Did he just say I dinosaur did, age? I did, I did, just a little bit. Is that very brave being I'm sorry, between the two of us Oh, that's here. true. I need to keep that in mind. But that said... What is that good? Is that, let's, let's change this program. No, actually. let's, let's, let's the talk focus. about the dinosaur. Even in my age, uh, kids had gun racks in the back, right? I'm, in, I'm from Texas, right? I mean, there were gun racks in the back. And... We still didn't experience that. If, you, if it's not necessarily the, a vast increase in the number of households with guns, there has to be recognition there's something culturally going on. There's something going on in the culture that is manufacturing this, not simply the implements of, of destruction. So what is it? Because I think we can understand the, the, the sense of hopelessness yeah. on the part of people that truly... Frustration. Um, are, and frustration mm -hmm. that truly see this for the horrid problem it is, but right. but are they missing the boat? Are they missing the picture? What 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 are the the real causes, <laughs> Mr. West? Well, I think if we really go back a ways to uh, uh, the time of Charles Darwin, uh, he said we can have a a world uh, without God. In other words, we don't need God in the picture, and that that set in motion. Uh, it took time, but it set in motion a bunch of dominoes. And so as a result of that, we have uh, the sexual revolution because if there's no God, there's no rules. And so uh, we don't have to get married. We don't, and, and so that set in motion what happens in the family, right. uh, whether there are families and the, re, uh, the redefining of families and the lack of fathers in the home because they uh, procreate, but they, they move on or they divorce 
or they just separate if they don't get married. Right. So you've got single mothers raising boys. You've got children being born out of wedlock. Uh, you've got uh, all kinds of changing roles in the family mm -hmm. as a result of rejecting the roles that God has laid out for mankind. So you've got latchkey kids, uh, parents who don't know what their kids are doing. Uh, we've got violent video games and television, which if a person is truly trying to follow God's word, they're, they're not going to be involved in that. Can we, can I, I'm going to press a little bit on the, on the one, let's go back a couple of those to, uh, to the father, because um, actually I'm not sure if it's uh, on the, the roster yet, but I know you did tell, uh, tape a program on patriarchy. Right. Um, and the y'all did a program here as well, right? Towards we did uh, Me Too and patriarchy, but I, I believe you taped a program yes, on it. Yes, that that's correct. So uh, here's a little bit of a, of a uh, sneak preview for our, our listeners or viewers online, sneak preview. Um, coming up will be a telecast on patriarchy. What's the title of it uh, exactly? Do you, uh, the attack know? on yeah. patriarchy. Something like the that's attack it. on patriarchy. Yeah, okay. That's it. That's okay. Right. So you heard it here first. There'll be a telecast on on that topic. And by the by the way, uh, if you like the conversation, are interested in, in hearing more, please make sure to like or subscribe. Certainly to our, our channel. Thank you for that. Uh, we appreciate that. Back, back to the, the question. So, Mr. Weston, again, from your thinking and, and studying uh, in terms of preparing the telecast and so on, what does patriarchy or what does um, fatherhood have to do with violence and school shootings? Maybe you could well, a little and, and bit. Too many fathers are, are not in the family. You've got single mothers raising children. Uh, instead of working together in a family relationship, you've got a war going on between women and men, a, a, a contest there. And I don't think that everybody out here is, consciously understands that. But when you look at the feminists and what they're after, uh, they're, 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 they're trying to promote women above men. Uh, our boys now are being discriminated in schools, all based on a false premise, a, uh, a study that was uh, dishonest. Uh, saying that girls were being discriminated against, and boys don't know where they fit in the world, and you've got all this anger pent up in, in young people. Right. Mm -hmm. I think one of the interesting studies that, that's been done examining many of these mass shooting situations, especially schools, but also even adult shootings mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. and found that there is quite a pattern of fatherlessness, uh, or if not fatherlessness, uh, broken homes. Mm -hmm. And I, I, let me go ahead and add to the mix. I, I was a latchkey kid for the latter part of my life, and I did have a divorce, my mother and father, eventually later, and I certainly didn't choose to do any of these things. It was later in my life, but we're not talking about, and I hope, I hope none of our, our viewers would think, that, well, yeah, if you're in a difficult circumstance and you're a single mom, mm -hmm. then somehow your child is destined, you know, to head in that sure. direction. But to recognize there is something missing that really is a, a part of the best design, Someone else pointed out uh, that I read not too long ago that there's girls growing up in these families without fathers as well. And you don't see, at least not yet, girls going out and doing these things. The crucial role that a father plays for his son in particular of how to handle difficult, strong emotions, uh, how to be an authority figure, uh, and what it means to have power, but using it in a, in a loving way for the sake of other people. Uh, I think we are doing something dramatically terrible to our society by not even being willing. I haven't heard any major programs address the role that fatherhood or lack of it might play in any of these. They're all looking for causes and reasons 
I don't think I don't think people want to talk about the family dynamic. There's something untouchable about it. Is it some of an audience might uh, sort of roll their eyes. Here we go again talking about <laughs> fathers, but um, it is we we do have a, a cultural characteristic uh, today that exactly as you're talking about it it um, it reflects uh, a lack in in fathers in our in our homes. So certainly that's I think that's worth us touching on this. It is, and and one thing that that Mr. Weston said I want to highlight as well when it comes <clears throat> to evolution because. They're going to say, really, you're going to try to pin school shootings, you know, on evolution. But do not knock the consequences of an ideology that truly strips God uh, from any role in your life. Mm -hmm. One of the lessons of evolution that it teaches you, the way it's, the way it's generally taught, is there's no real purpose to life. Uh, that everything, there was no purpose in mankind. Everything just sort of came together, random chance acted upon by natural selection. And many of these hopeless kids... What's their purpose in life? Do they have anything to live for? Mm -hmm. No, what they have to live for, some of them, is the glory that they're going to get forever of being known as this great shooter, as opposed to actually get, uh, having a way of life that gives you a target, gives you a reason for living that is bigger than that. So we're talk we've added a couple of elements and in uh, ingredients in an atmosphere or an environment. What are some other elements, Mr. Mr. Weston? Well, you have violence in video games, and, and people want to say, well, that's, that's uh, foolishness. But how much do advertisers spend on television right. and on the Internet uh, trying to get people to buy stuff? They know it works. Mm -hmm. and, and, and frankly, I, I get a little bit upset, as yeah. I'm sure all of us do, when they say, well, there's no connection. Uh, I mean, that's just plain foolishness to say there's no connection between the games that they're playing. In fact, many of these young people who do shoot up schools, they go in and they find on their computers, this is what they've been doing right. all day long. Right. That, there's, it seems like when it comes to media that, that the populace enjoys, movies, video games, when we want to say it has an influence, oh, it has such an influence. Mm -hmm. when, when they want to influence people to buy stuff on the Super Bowl, they're willing to pay millions of dollars because they know it makes a difference. But we want to make excuses for games like Grand Theft Auto where you're rewarded for beating up prostitutes after spending time with them and then stealing their money. Oh, that doesn't have any impact at all. That's just nonsense. Nowadays with games, used to be the Wii, but this sort of uh, virtual reality motion uh, sort of capture uh, environment is now at the point where you're acting out the things. I remember, I think it was the early 2000s, there was a game where you're essentially playing someone, I didn't play it, but you have to go through an insane asylum, and to get out, you have to keep murdering all these people, and it was a Wii, it was an older system, but you're actually acting out the actions. You're moving your hand like you're stabbing the person or you're choking the person while you're watching photorealistic depictions of it on the screen. What kind of level of insane do you have to be to think that's not going to affect your at least your culture, if not the individuals. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's frustrating. So, again, to remind our audience, I think we're talking about multiple elements. Right. And, and mm -hmm. this is where it seems like, uh, you know, those who would, who would try to attribute some of these characteristics uh, to being the, the, the cause then become, there's a big debate about it. But what we're talking about is multiple elements that create an, an atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. what, what are... Anything else, Mr. Wesson? Well, the desensitizing toward life itself, abortion, you know, killing 50 million babies right. uh, in this country alone. Uh, then we have assisted suicide. And so the value of life is desensitized. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's all of these things put together. And I think that's why 
so often people want to go out and lobby against guns, as an example. And again, I don't think that we necessarily would support everybody running around with an AK, you know, uh, right. uh, 15, <laughs> right. yeah, right. whatever. Uh, but at the same time, what we're talking about are difficult things to solve in our society. Right. Uh, they are, it's taking the hard road, but it is the only road that's going to solve it because you take all the guns away, then the knives. Take the knives away, and they'll find some other. When you've got somebody that's deranged, they'll find a way. Right. And, and you know, when you look at Columbine, you have to wonder. Uh, it wasn't just that they shot a lot of people. But in the presentation we had from the uh, police department yesterday, they pointed out that they had uh, propane tank mm -hmm. uh, bombs that right. would have gone off, except that the uh, clocks that they were using for them, they had them all set to, to destroy the school. Um, uh, they, they, they had plastic uh, uh, parts instead of metal. Yeah, the hammers metal. were plastic instead of metal, so it didn't make a connection. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that before, but if those two young men had not yeah. had guns... That was actually the latter part. They were planning on killing so many people right. quite before that. Are we going to ban propane, ta propane tanks? You know, yes. what, what do you have to do? I think you're exactly right. These are such difficult things for society to address, and all we're doing is slapping away at symptoms and such. We're yeah. not addressing One of the questions that came up from our audience, and thank you uh, for those who have, who have put questions in, <clears throat> but uh, the question was this. Cannot this behavior simply be attributed to mental illness? Or is there mental illness, uh, or, or is there something else? Are there spiritual components? I mean, what, what, what would you say to that if you were challenged in that point? Uh, well, I, I think when a person gives himself over to anger mm -hmm. to a certain point, I think there is a spiritual element that could uh, take over in there. But how do you define uh, insanity or a mental illness? Uh, somebody kills everybody and they... they the defense is mental illness. Well, of course they're mentally ill, otherwise they wouldn't do it. But a lot of times it's just a, a person has, has lost value, right. uh, lost any sense of value, any, any sense of, uh, of care and concern. Right. Uh, they, they've lost love. And uh, so yeah. you, you, mental illness is, is, is getting more and more difficult to talk about in society because they keep changing the definition mm -hmm. based upon what's socially acceptable. I think we can all agree that mass murder is not socially acceptable, and so hopefully that'll always fall on the side of mentally ill. But a good example, don't need to go in that direction, but pedophilia generally has been considered a mental illness being drawn in that direction. But those books are being redefined where, well, it's okay to have those draws as long as you don't act on them in an illegal way or you're not troubled by them. Mm -hmm. So mental illness, it's easy to kind of write all this off as mental illness. But the fact is certain practices in life, not just damage to your brain or mind, there are practices like the ones we're talking about engaging in these kinds of games. Even uh, Governor Bevan of Kentucky mm -hmm. brought up, uh, in a, I think it was the uh, American Enterprise Institute in a, in a talk at a dinner, a variety of things in which we have demonstrated in our culture that we are devaluing life. And he mentioned pornography as an example. Mm -hmm. and then, well, how would you connect pornography to a mass shooting? I'm not saying look at pornography, but if you consider pornography, there is a mass devaluing of the life, of, of respecting the life of a human being, the dignity of another human being. There's a culture in which we're just totally watering down the concept of dignity for life in the human being, and all has an effect. And, and authority. And authority. Okay. Because in the family, when you devalue the authority of the parents, especially the father, that continues right down to every authority figure in a person's life. And, and look at yeah. the, the war, really, that we have against our police. Now, we, we know that they do some things wrong. They're always those rogue individuals. 
But uh, I would hate to be a, a police officer today in, in our environment that we have, especially mm -hmm. a few a year or so ago, yeah. when everybody's down on you. You're supposed to solve the problems out there, and uh, you know everybody's looking at you as the bad guy. Let me let me let me jump to a little more positive view here. We've we have uh, you know beat up uh, so to speak on some of the the, the negatives here and right. and the causes. And I think uh, we've touched on a, a few very important causes. Let's look at the positive then. So what what should we do? Let's say as parents or as leaders who have an influence on on young people, other people. What uh, what should we be doing? Teaching, saying. Any, any thoughts? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one out without picking on which one of my children I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, you know, having four, it's amazing how you have so many different personalities from just two, from just two people re rearing them in the same house. But one of them in particular, when he was very young, and I'm grateful for my wife's willingness to stay home and do the harder work of being at home instead of the job she had, you know, before we had children. And we noticed that he would really struggle with self-control. I don't mean just in terms of doing bad things, but anger issues. Mm -hmm. He would get so angry, and it was such a challenge for him. And it was a, there was a frequent time that I would spend with him after those moments and stuff and say, you have to understand, uh, like there's a biblical admonition that a, a man who has no self-control is like a city mm -hmm. where the walls have fallen down. You are just open to all these influences and ideas. And you are going to have to master that in your life. And we're going to do whatever it takes to help you. And you'd see him grow up. And I would just, I'd be so proud. I'd get tears in my eyes when you'd see one of those situations where he's getting upset. But you'd see him working on that and trying to think about it differently. Mm -hmm. And now he's just, you know, calm, mm -hmm. cool, and collected. Mm -hmm. And uh, there has to be an involvement to teach. You have a responsibility to yourself and to others mm -hmm. to rein in things and not, not give over control to certain emotions, I think. It's worth, it's worth the time it and effort the to, time to, to teach invest. the good principles. Mr. Wesson, you work with young people. Yeah. Good principles, uh, godly principles that, that work to, and for, for young people. Well, choosing your friends carefully. And, mm -hmm. and again, it gets back to parents who work with their children to expose them to the right kind of uh, relationships. There's a proverb that says, make no friendship with an angry man, lest you learn his ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, when, you, when you think about some of these, uh, especially where you have two people or more, uh, Columbine, a good example, uh, it's, it's clear that you have one person that's influencing the other the most. And uh, you wonder where the parents were. Uh, they weren't there, obviously. Something was missing there to know what's going on and to work with them. But a lot of these, these young people are, are just simply angry uh, because of the family relationship. We're not talking about gangs necessarily today, but you listen to people who have been involved in gangs, they're looking for a family. Mm -hmm. They're looking for a relationship there. Yeah. That's what's happening in London. It's mostly gang-related where they're, they're stabbing each other to death. They're looking for a family relationship. That so, group gives them that structured family kind of relationship. Right. So that's the first thing. We have to work on our families. We have mm -hmm. to work on our marriages. We have to go back to the very beginning of what is the, the purpose of marriage, why marriage, uh, how to have a happy marriage. Now, now what you're talking about it to, in one way is laws, godly laws for yes. functioning, right? Mm -hmm. Now, is it not ironic that what we're advocating or what young people in, in particular on these marches on Washington or walking out of school, what they're advocating is more laws, right? I mean, that's, that's they what we're, really, they're yeah. talking about, ironic, laws yeah. that would fix the problem. And yet we have laws right. from God that actually create a, an environment mm. that uh, prevents this type of thing from happening if it's 
What are some other examples that you can think of as far as laws, godly laws, that actually do the trick at creating an environment? Mr. Well, even hatred, uh, you shall not murder. It's one of the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. Right. That almost seems and, obvious, yeah. but yet it's not obvious, clearly. And, and Christ said that uh, uh, if you have anger in your heart uh, without a cause or something along that line, then you, you're guilty of it. And so, again, self-control, teaching uh, children to have self-control and not to hate. Right, to value others. You know, uh, we were, you're, you're told in the book of Genesis that man is made in God's image. There's something sacred about being a human being. The people you know are not animals. Uh, they, they are made in God's own image. You need to love them and respect them for who they are, even when they're jerks, right? Mm -hmm. Even when they're, they're some of the most terrible people you know, that is still someone made in God's image, and there's a level of respect you should always maintain in some kind of way. Uh, I think that's a fundamental principle in our mm -hmm. society that's evaporating, but with children, you have a chance to instill those kind of thoughts so early where it just becomes a part of their, their native programming. Let me jump to just some practical ideas. Okay, so you have your kids going to school today. Um, what, what advice can you give them in a practical way to try to warn them or give them uh, some advice to deal with potentially a school shooting? What mm. would you say? We have people well, out, you know, out yeah, wondering, right. what, what do I do? There's a proverb that says that, uh, how's it go, a prudent man uh, foresees, foresees evil, evil and uh, hides himself, hides himself. Yeah. yes. Uh, but the, the simple just pass on. I think we need to teach our children some strategies of, of being aware of what's going on around them, uh, having escape plans of uh, something happened. We don't want them to be paranoid, mm -hmm. and we can't change anybody else's kids, uh, but we can change our own, our own children to make sure that they don't end up this way by teaching them laws that, uh, that affect behavior and, and caring for other people. If we see someone who is being cruel toward little animals or something like that, that's a, that's a danger sign. And that needs to be dealt with uh, very early on. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, they need to know who's there, uh, where they are, right. what the escape routes are. Uh, we had a presentation yesterday and, and the uh, police officer said, don't hunker down, keep moving, mm -hmm. get out. Right. Yeah. yeah I thought that, that was probably the, one of the most useful things that I heard. Well, one, I'd want to encourage my children not to be scared. Don't think, yeah. you know, don't yeah. go to school in fear all the time, but still ha have your wits about you. One of the most useful things that I think we heard in the presentation yesterday from the local police department presentation that was made was take action. Just by taking some kind of action, you automatically the increase the probability that you're going to come through something like this, find an out, do something yeah. uh, that really, uh, yeah, I, I'd give them, I, I hate well, to live in a world where we have to give practical advice like that, but that's the advice. Two principles he advocated in, in a, a long presentation, uh, movement and distance, right, if I remember right. correctly. Try to get distance right. from that person and keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. He said, actually said, even if you're running around in a circle in the room <laughs> yeah. like a ninny, no offense to all the ninnies out there, but even <laughs> you're just running around, yeah. That's actually you're something target. you're you're moving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's very very practical. Um, for our audience, I might uh, mention, as was alluded to here just a, a moment ago, uh, we had a, a program in our building just yesterday where we had a police officer from uh, the local 
a police department give a presentation on what to do in the case of an active shooter incident. And it's becoming all more common uh, in the workplace. In fact, even more common in the workplace. That's the more, most common place. Yeah, yeah, 61% are in the workplace of mass shootings. Uh, so, you know, it was, it's very real. And uh, so if you have an opportunity within your communities to go to a program that addresses how to deal with this type of thing, it's, it's very worthwhile. I know that they're being uh, at schools around the country. There's, there's a lot of attention being given to this issue and, and what to do, how to deal with it by uh, school counselors and school psychologists and local police departments and all this. Uh, so certainly worth uh, being aware of, of what to do in a very practical way. We need to go ahead and wrap up. Any last comments? Uh, I'll give Mr. Smith and then we'll give Mr. Mr. Weston, the final word. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, one, I think I need to make one comment to say, you know, the son that I described is just a wonderful, he's a self-controlled person. He's a, he's a, he's what a charmer. Was, what was he's his handsome. name again? Uh, was his name well, again? you know, uh, I shouldn't say that, but... Uh, <laughs> It is amazing that if you really give your young people the chance and you invest in their development young, uh, I hope that we'll strive to do that. And, and if we can't change the culture of the world, we can change their individual cultures. Yeah. And, you know, I may have mentioned that about him as an example, but you wouldn't notice a hint of that today. It's not like he's still struggling. He actually changed his wiring, if you will. He's, uh, he, again, just smooth and self-controlled. So... We can't change the world's culture. We can pray that it will change and that the kingdom will come, but we, we can invest in our children's culture now, and let's, let's actively seek to do so. By the way, did I mention that we're going to have uh, next, week, next week's program, we're going to have your son on to give a rebuttal to all of this? I didn't know. If, did we talk about that yet? I, that's fantastic. I look forward to doing that. It's, no, I don't actually look forward to doing that. <laughs> okay. No, thank you. Uh, Mr. Weston, final word. Well, our, our world has clearly changed. When I was young, don't take candy from strangers. Mm. It shows that the world was not perfect back then. It, it, oh. it simply was not. Right. Uh, we had a, a, a couple of kids in our school that were murdered. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't perfect then. It's not perfect now. I think one of the things that the officer said yesterday that I think is very encouraging is that your chance of being involved in one of these mass uh, shootings Shootings. is less than uh, being struck by lightning. Now, the, the only problem with that, I suppose, is every time I'm around lightning and I'm outside, I might think I'm going to get struck by it. But, but the fact is, you don't. And uh, the, the solutions are not easy. These kids who are out there protesting, uh, a lot of them are very sincere. A lot of the adults that are stirring it up are sincere. But the solutions are not simple solutions that they're trying to give, just ban guns or ban knives or something. The solutions are the hard work of families and, and living a godly life. Very good. Thank you, Mr. Weston. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Appreciate you being on the program today. And thank you for being with us on TW Now. We will see you next week. Have a good day.